Welcome to Leadership Talks with your host, Dr. Kate Vodder. In each episode, Kate speaks with successful leaders across industries, real people, and local leaders. Each of her conversations explore different leadership styles, how people achieve unbelievable success, overcoming challenges, and how to become the best in the world. You can find this show at www.ascentsolutions.net and on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Now here's the host of Leadership Talk, Dr. Kate Vodder. Welcome. Today we have a special guest on the show, a dear friend, Lisa Bain. Lisa and I have known each other for almost 10 years now. Uh, we were involved in some community work together. And I invited her to the show because she has such a cool story. So currently, Lisa's the owner and founder of Bumblebee Air Conditioning in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, but before she had a successful HVAC business, she had multiple successful other businesses. So, Lisa, I don't want to tell too much of your story. So why don't you tell us tell us a little about the early part of the journey? Well, I graduated from ASU, which was fabulous. Came to ASU to have fun. Um, my college years, not for the education at all, just to have fun. And when I graduated, I um, wanted to uh, travel. Um, I had so many other people. And we were lucky enough to have America West Airlines here. as The base was here in Tempe, Arizona. Um, and so um, I was hired on as a flight attendant. And I did that for seven years. Long time. I promised my dad after getting a degree at NHU that I would only be there for... Um, about six months, but six months was the training, and I had a little more to get out of me after that. So, um, yep. Yeah. What did you? So I know that you love to travel and are a lifelong learner. Uh, so I'm curious of like in the seven years as flight attendant, I feel like lots of people have lots of questions about flight attendant life. But I'm more curious about like what did you learn in that seven years? Um, I learned that I didn't want to be with customers. Which is great when it are not being true. It was just in the yeah. situation that it was really difficult. Um, yeah, that ended up not being in the long run. But um, what did I learn in those seven years? Art. You know, I learned about the airline industry and and um um. And I learned a lot about people. And then we traveled a lot. I met my husband there. We used to double up our shifts and, you know, work for three weeks and then take the last week of the month off and the first week of the next month off and then work for three weeks and do the same thing. And we traveled all over the Caribbean and um, Europe and that sort of thing together, which was great. So it was super rewarding. And after I left that job, I had an opportunity to um, schlep cell phones out of the back of my car. Um, and that was an amazing journey also. And what, tell me more about what schlepping phones means. Well, I was working for a company um, 
that sold cell phones and I happened to be an account executive with them and we created our own account and I ended up actually becoming the ASU account executive. And all that actually meant was that I set up a card table on campus and gave people great deals on cell phones um, as they started class and started school beginning of every semester. Um, And it was it was lucrative and fun at the time. Um, and that's what schlepping cell phones out of the back of your trunk. It's like, I learned to sell. Yeah. So like, as you were, I'm, I've, I've spent plenty of time on a college campus and I got real good at being like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, so what was your trick to like get people to stop? Um. I don't think that was ever an issue because it was at the beginning of cell phones. And so people oh. were curious. Um, yeah. I mean, when I started that, it was it was late 90s. And um, yeah, we were selling bag phones and brick phones and the first flip phones. And mm-hmm. people were curious. So re- there wasn't really an issue. Everybody wanted one at the time and they weren't out there. Okay, so flight attendant to cell phone schlepper. Yeah. And then what? And then um, I went from cell phone schlepper to owning my own business. So, uh, um, so a girlfriend and I started selling Italian charm bracelets in um, the malls, in little kiosks in the malls. And Italian charm bracelets were the bracelets that you got like your zodiac sign or you got the name of a child or you got um whatever you want there was all different things that you could link together um and make these fun bracelets with um and we started with that and then eventually that evolved into an actual retail location uh right across from arizona state university called here on the corner um and here on the corner became this fabulous, funky boutique. Um, that's what we called it. Um, where we hired, you know, 18 to 20 year old girls and um, and sold all kinds of things. It started with the Italian charm. Um, and then we thought that because we were across from ASU and we were across from the dorms, um, that the best thing to do in that store would be hip home decor. And so we went um, we went to um, home shows and that sort of thing and picked out fun, what we thought was fun decor for dorm rooms. Um, little did we know people shop at Target and Walmart when they're moving into their dorms. They don't think about the little boutique down the street and they only shop for their dorms once a year. And so it wasn't something that was sustainable because by about the third and fourth week in the semester, people had their dorm room decor all set up already. Um, And so we went from, I would have to say at that point, also we became a coaster shop and we had about every kind of coaster you could ever imagine. Like for your brain? Yeah. Okay. Just silly stuff. Silly stuff. Um, about so you were in the malls 
in yeah. kiosks selling Italian charm bracelets. Yeah. I had one for many years. They were such the hot commodity. Um, how long were you in the malls in your kiosks before you decided to expand and pivot to a storefront? I think we were there probably about two and a half years. And we just got tired of the rules. We got tired. We owned our own business, but we owned our own business under mall rule. And, you know, know, I don't like wearing a polo shirt very often. And many of the malls made us like wear polo shirts. And we had to be open from 10 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night during the holidays. That kind of thing. Yeah. That we just... Did, we didn't want to follow somebody else's rules anymore. And so, um, and when I'm talking about we, I'm talking about Sharla Hartgrapes, who's my best friend. Um, so we, we actually every morning, uh, we would walk past this location. And um, one day we just saw a for rent sign there and we're like, we should look and see how much that cost. And it was to have a location that was not in the malls, and we didn't know this, right, um, was about less than a quarter of a price than an actual kiosk in the mall. So we were getting 30 times the space for a quarter of a price. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was crazy. So um, we were spending thousands of dollars on these kiosks because we had one at Arizona Mills, we had one at Tempe Marketplace, we had one at Desert Ridge Marketplace, um, and we just decided forget that. No more rules. Uh, let's make up our own rules, and and we moved into the the actual location. Mm-hmm. So we went from hip home decor to realizing hip home decor was not going to be so great anymore. Um, to, um, we had to kind of reinvent ourselves over and over again until we got it right. But, um, the next, um, thing that we were thinking about was, well, people walk by here every single day while people break their shoes. We started to get flip-flops and we would get, um, you know, kind of fast fashion stuff. People, uh, t-shirts and logo stuff that had our logo on it and that sort of thing um and um and we also did handbags and we got really creative with handbags at one point um and sold knockoff handbags for a short period of time um and we tried that i'm going to save that story for another day It's not something I'm terribly proud of at all. But it's it was a desperation at the moment. Yeah, and I don't, it's not, I just, I want to want to keep you in the clear. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to, you know, we don't have to talk about that part of the journey. Uh, but the journey from trunk to kiosk to storefront yeah. all sounds really scary to me uh so i'm curious what it felt like for you in that time well scary for me i mean you have to be a risk taker i think to be in any kind of uh entrepreneurial position to some extent um and some are some 
some jobs are, uh, you know, don't require as much money out the door as others do. Um, and, and you have to keep reinventing yourself and making yourself better and better and better. Um, and more and more lucrative and more and more efficient. And, um, and so, you know, all of this built up to where I am right now and, and the business that I'm in right now. Um, so yeah, during that time, it was super scary. We, because we were living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and we really had the whole entire, um, the whole entire time as here on the corner was living paycheck to paycheck um, until we sold it. So how did you, of when I think of you, I think of the word gumption of like, you have a lot of gumption, you're very resilient. How did you talk yourself into making those moves and sticking with it? And like, what was your driving motivation to be a business owner and in, in that time? I think that at that time, you know, I didn't know as much as I do now about goal setting and the steps it takes to get um, to where you want to get to. I feel like there's just so much more self-development tools out there today than there were even 10 years ago. I mean, it's just incredible. The amount of stuff that my children know today that I didn't figure out until the same day they figured it out while I'm in my fifties, you know, it is insane. Um, but persistence, 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 persistence. I mean, I think that, um, that is something that even today, um, is one of my values. And, um, I just believe in keep, keep on trying, um, in every way, shape, or form that you can to 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 ke- keep getting better and better and better, um, and live in excellence in all that you do, um, and I really try to do that. Um, I don't always succeed, but <laughs> but I try. It, it's the try part that I it's think right. That's right. I so this is the thing I'm dealing with of like there are some days where I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to do all the things today. And there are other days where I wake up and I'm like, maybe I'll eat cereal today and that'll be enough. Uh, So when you mention, you know, persistence, what's your self-talk like? How do you talk yourself into being persistent, especially when the hurdles come and things get harder? Yeah. Uh, well, I have to say I am a self-help positive psychology junkie. Um, and so I listen and read stuff all the time. And so I'm always getting, you know, little phrases in my head that I like, um, that become mantras, you know, me going, um, one of my favorite ones that I try and I've tried to teach my son is um, 
is that when you're at your lowest is the time where you need to follow your protocol um, the most. So what protocol? Tell me what that means. It just means that you need to understand what you're doing when you're at your best. And so once you have a blueprint of what you're doing when you're at your best, when you have your best day ever kind of thing, um, that's what you want to keep striving for every single day is your best day ever, your best day ever. You want that best day to be your new baseline for your worst day when things start to, uh, so, so you're just always trying, right? Um, and I think that when you wake up and you're not really feeling like it, those are the days that you need to get up and go hike South Mountain. And those are the days that you need to um, write that list out and make sure that you're checking everything on the list um, and eat properly and make sure that you're getting to bed properly the, that night and that kind of stuff. So you're just continuing to set yourself up for better and better days and everything you're doing. Okay. So this idea of your protocol is like baselines for your your life? Yeah, for your best for your, your best self. Your best yeah. yeah. I'm finding more best days. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of things have you found that are helpful for your protocol? Wake up early. How early? I know that's not one of your favorite things, but <laughs> it's not part of my protocol, but I still honor yours. Um, yeah, I like to wake up before the sunrise is because I love to see the sunrise. I think my best days are when I see the sunrise. Um, and when I see the sunrise from a mountain that I'm hiking at that time, that's a great day. Um, so that is what I strive for every day. Although I've got myself into a, a weird little thing right now because I'm trying to focus on sleep. <laughs> Something I've never been concerned of my entire life. Um, I've always thought exercise was my number one. And now I'm thinking, okay, I need sleep so I can perform the best that I can. And I want a healthy brain and all this kind of stuff. Um, so uh, anyway, so yeah, before the sunrise, being on a mountain when the sun rises, circadian rhythm. So it depends whatever time of year it is that kind of changes. Um, and, um, and go from there. And then I like to exercise first thing in the morning. And then I like to go and have some quiet time, make a list. Don't let any electronics touch me for a good hour, hour and a half. However, I do listen to stuff while I'm hiking. Um, and um, and then delve into the day. So basically setting up my priorities for my day before I have inputs from anybody else so that I'm honest to myself with what I believe I need to get done for that day before I get inputs from other people. So just to, I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. And for our listeners, I'm hearing that you don't check your email on, on the best days when, until after you have done everything you need to do for you in the morning. Um, until I make my list. So I don't actually do the list, but 
once I've actually like decided, okay, this is what my most important things are for this day, then I'll get up. I usually sit on the floor of my office on a little pillow that my daughter gave me and I'll get up then and then get on the computer and look at my emails, look at what my team's doing that day, that sort of thing. That sounds like a really special morning routine. And I don't think, I I also am a subscriber to morning routine and I do love morning exercise, even though my morning isn't quite as early as your morning, but maybe, maybe this winter when the sunrise is at 730, I could be for a sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. I'll start in the winter. I will not start in summer when our Arizona sunrise is at five. Um, Because that, nope. Nope. That I know my boundary. So do you have, so it sounds like morning routine is on lock and that sets your day up for success. Uh, Do you have any other routines throughout the day that help you stay true to what you want? Ideally, but they just don't seem to work out so perfectly, I have to say. I mean, I would like to think that I do like a shutdown at the end of the day. And I do, before I leave my desk, look and see, okay, what does tomorrow have in store? Um, We do, um, or we're doing now, um, a daily huddle in the morning at work. And then we do one uh, in the afternoon also, so that we know that we're prepared for the following day with my whole team in the office. Um, and then I just try and turn off electronics at night. Um, my parents are elderly. They live down the street. I try and go and spend some time with them and say good night to them and then go home and go to bed. Lovely. Well, let's take a brief break while we hear a message from our sponsors. Leadership Talks is proudly sponsored by Ascent Solutions, where we believe people are the best investment. Do you manage a team or own your own business? Research shows that when employees feel invested in and feel a sense of connection with the people they work with, they are more productive and more likely to stay with their current employer. At Ascent Solutions, we offer services including leadership coaching, professional development workshops, and brand development consulting, all of which are available in person or online. It is always the right time to invest in yourself and in your team. Visit us at AscentSolutions.net to schedule a complimentary consultation today. Welcome back. We are hearing from Lisa Bain, owner and founder of Bumblebee Air Conditioning. Lisa was just wrapping up chatting about some of her routines. And now that I've heard about the beginning and end of your day, tell me a bit about the Bumblebee story. (laughs) Well, um, my husband actually really started the company with, with one of his best friends. And I always answered the phones from the very, very beginning. Um, which was 1999, a long time ago. I answered the phones and did these other jobs too. Um, and um, and then when uh, we were ready to sell the store um, in 2012, um, we sold the store and I said to my husband, okay, I've sold my business. Now I'm going to um, jump on with you and help you build Bumblebee Air Conditioning. 
and it was like, yeah, yeah, cool, you can run the business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, so I started to kind of grow the business and um, it had been one man in the truck. He had his, his buddies working for him here and there. Mm-hmm. The truck on the wall there. Um, and um, and so I started to like hire people and I don't know why series turned but I don't um and he um yeah so so I started kind of hiring people and we started um slowly very slowly um just putting together a team of people to work for us and we've got an amazing team of technicians right now that I adore and I'm so fortunate to have um most of them have been with us well from seven to two years um and um yeah I feel extremely fortunate now we're growing our management team so that eventually one day I can kind of step away a little bit um do more of the things that I want to do so that I'm not part of managing that team on a daily basis so it started with two guys and a truck and then you, and you said, and then I grew the business. What did that look like? How did you do it? That looked like a mess. Um, thank you for your honesty. Appreciate the transparency. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I had never grown a service business. I didn't know yep. what uh, owning a service business was even like. Um, and, and so... Um, and I didn't know much about air conditioning. Um, and so there was, a, there was a huge learning curve, um, learning how to hire people, you got to onboard people, learning how to train people. It was crazy. Um, so, so I just started small and, you know, found friends of friends to, we're air conditioning technicians. And do you know somebody who's an air conditioning technician that might want a job, that kind of stuff. Uh, and we just, I don't know, we've grown about 20% a year ever since um, I started the business. And it's just been consistent, slow growth. Um, and that's the nice is slow. <laughs> what? Well, 20% annually, I'm not sure it's slow. Like that's a pretty good growth over many years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it is. It is good growth. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not. I agree. So it seems like a pretty asset heavy business. How like did you I'm say we don't have to talk dollars and cents, but. Did you did you bootstrap it and like you all put in the funds? Did you seek loans? Like how did you manage the process of having the tools and the supplies and the trucks that you needed to grow a business? Slow growth. I mean, just consistent growth. Um, we've never borrowed. Well, I shouldn't say we never because we did borrow some money at one point. I think we got into a little bit of a a jam and felt like we had to borrow some money to like get us over the hump. But 
the challenge with this business is it's seasonal. Um, and so this time of year, we're, we're stacking up the bank accounts so that we can get through the October, November, December, January, February. Um, those months are months that are slow and, um, and, and we dig into our savings. We've never been able to do it a different way. Um, and so, um, and we, you know, I mean, we have a little bit of extra money. We need a new technician. We need a new truck. We put the money down on a new truck, you know? So we've just, it's just been, um, slow growth that way. Yeah. Do you, how do you manage like what money you mentioned savings? So do you have a special like savings account or how do you manage what kind of funds go where so that when something comes up, you're prepared for it? Well, I've always been uh, one for experimenting and um, and learning. I mean, it's constantly growing and educating yourself and learning. So I think a year and a half ago, I read a book called Profit First, which is about putting away certain funds into certain accounts to cover certain things. So now, this time of year, I have a um, I have an account for vacations, and I fill it up with everybody. I've calculated out exactly how much everybody in the company's vacation is going to cost me, and by the end of the summer, that money will be there because we'll all take our vacations over that period of time that it's slower. Um, we have money in a different account for our preventive maintenance customers because we see them twice a year um, and we collect from them once a year. So that money goes into a different account so that that time of year we can pull from that account if we need to, if we're not selling something additional when we go on a preventive maintenance call. Um, and so, or just to even cover our costs while we're going on a preventive maintenance calls. So I have um, about four or five different accounts and they're all allotted to different things. Um, and that's, um, that's how we do the savings. It seems like it's working. Your bills are paid. So it's yeah. a system that is deploying well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So as you're thinking about, you know, what do you feel like has been a success? So Bumblebee's been around since 99 of two guys in the truck, but now it's 2023. So it's 30 years in. And what have been some of the takeaways for you as a business owner of that chunk of time? What have you learned about being an owner, being a boss, running a successful business? wearing the many hats that you wear. Yeah. Um, it's all about people and it's all about relationships. Um, and um, as it should be. Uh, and and our community. Um, you know, we want to do what's best. That's why I had a passion to help in the air conditioning business in the first place was because I was seeing um, other companies ripping off people and I did not want that to ever be our company. Um, and so, um, so that's kind of where I got my passion to like, let's do what's right for, for our community. Let's do 
for our um, our employees um, and that sort of thing. And yeah, it's just it's about relationships and it's about communicating um, and it's about educating yourself and continuing to educate yourself and um, and trying to get better all the time. There's no end ever, it seems like. Um, well, there's no end for you and probably most of our listeners because we're here for a reason and we like learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is just persistence. Yeah. Um, Do you think you'll start another business? That's a very good question. I don't really want to start something big like this. Mm-hmm. Um, something that is um, that's just you. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, LBC Consulting. Pardon? LBC Consulting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll help you build the brand. It'll be real fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can mentor entrepreneurs. There you go. Say, come hike with me at 4.30 in the morning. That's right. Yeah. So what's next for Bumblebee? Bumblebee right now is growing our management team so that I do like take a step away. Yeah. Um, so that's very important to me. Um, I also have an interest, but don't know enough about whether we can do this as a um, as a service company. But to become a B corporation, have you ever heard of a B corporation? It's a corporation, work, but a B corp. Yeah, not a C corp. It's a B corp, and it, it's a corporation for good. Um, and so you have to have um, practices in place to be. Um, recycling in place, um, um, you know, giving back to the community in place. I think, I think all the things that we have and that we're doing, um, but it's a, it's a title. Uh, the, right now, are you an LLC? No, we're, we're a C Corp right now. Okay. So C Corp right now, uh, and B Corp, it sounds like would be good for, humanity are there tax benefits of being a b corp i don't know and and um and i don't i i wouldn't be doing it so much for that other than for just you know letting people know that we're we're here for the good of the planet earth um yeah and for humanity Interesting. Okay. I'm going to have to look more into that because now I'm intrigued. Uh, and of free coaching on my ear, it's okay for your business to make money. It's a business. That's what businesses do. Yeah. And if changing to a B Corp did have positive tax implications, that would be okay. Yeah. You're still a good person and you run a beautiful business that does indeed make the world a better place. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Lisa, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners today? Just keep trying. (laughs) Yeah. Try to be your best. 
One of my favorite quotes is a David Bowie quote that is on my wall that says, tomorrow belongs to those who can hear it coming. Um, and so I do believe in planning and goal setting. And um, uh, I think that I spent too many years not doing those kind of things. And um, and it may have slowed um it may have slowed the progress of the companies that I um, ran at that time. Um, and so I do believe in planning and goal setting and uh, figuring out how you're going to get there. Not just wishing, but making a map. Yeah. How much time would you recommend somebody set aside to do that? Well, I think it is... Um, I think it's a constant. It's something that you have to do yearly. It's something that you have to do. Then you have to check on it monthly, um, all the way down to daily. Are you doing the right thing to get you where you want to be? So consistent. I'm yeah. take the time to or prioritize time to sit down, to feel and think about what you want it to be and make the map and check on the map. Mm-hmm. That is a beautiful plan. Uh, if anybody needs to get a hold of Lisa, you can check out bumblebeeairconditioning.com. Again, she will be on the recipient list if you reach out. Also, if you're in the uh, Phoenix area and have any sort of AC he- heating or AC HVAC, we'll go with HVAC as the non-expert in the room. Uh, Bumblebee Air Conditioning is available and would love to come to your home and... Or as they say, buzz right on over. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's cute and touchy. Uh, well, Lisa, it has been a delight having you here today. I want to thank you so much for being here. Lisa Bain, owner and founder of Bumblebee Air Conditioning. I also want to thank the production team because without them, we'd just be two ladies in a room. Uh, so Big thanks to them. Thank you to the listeners for chiming in. And as always, you matter. You deserve to put yourself first. And the world is a better place when you let your light shine. Thanks, everybody. You've been tuning into Leadership Talks with your host, Dr. Kate Vodder. You can find this show and learn how to be one of the best in the world at www dot ascent solutions.net and on youtube facebook linkedin apple podcast spotify and more thank you for your positive feedback comments questions and for sharing the show with others